Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 132. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Next Step Test Prep, the MCAT podcast is here to make sure you have the information you need to succeed on your MCAT test day. We all know that the MCAT is one of the biggest hurdles you'll face as a pre-med, and we're here to give you the motivation and information that you need to know to help get you the score you deserve so you can one day call yourself a physician. Welcome to the MCAT podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. This week, I'm excited to finally be done with BioBioChem. We have been on this journey breaking down full length 10 from Next Step Test Prep, and we are going over the last set of discrete questions for the BioBioChem section. As always, I'm joined by Clara from Next Step Test Prep, and we're going to jump right in. All right, Clara, back with some more Next Step Test Prep full length 10 BioBioChem our last, thank God, section, last, <laughs> last part of BioBioChem. We have one more set of discrete questions before we move on to PsychSo. So I will forever be grateful for finishing BioBioChem now. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, was a, it was a lot, but <laughs> yeah, we're almost done. So All right. So any parting words of wisdom for our discretes here? Oh, you know, nothing in particular. I think this is depending on your strategy, this might be something you get to with very little time left. So that's something to keep in mind that you might be crunched for time. Uh, or alternatively, I know that uh, some students will do the discretes first. So I was maybe- just going to ask that. Yeah. Is, is that a strategy where the student just flies through all the discretes and then goes back to passages? It totally is. It, is is that one you would recommend? It depends. I, I always recommend trying it out. And just like essentially, if you just have a full length ready to go and you just you try it out for some people it works really really well because basically if you do about a discrete a minute then you get through all the discretes in like 15 minutes and then you have the remaining 80 minutes left to do passages and some people just really like that whole like oh like 80 minutes like 10 passages but for other people i think just the act of sort of clicking around to find the discretes is a little bit intimidating and feels a little jumpy so just see what it feels like for yourself Okay, so good, good strategy. I don't think we've talked about before. Totally. Okay, so our discretes today. I'll start off here. Question fifty-seven again. If you want to follow along with us and read the questions, look at the answers. Go to mcatpodcast.com and find our episode for today. This is session number one thirty-two. Question fifty-seven: Patients with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome commonly suffer from hypermobile, unstable joints and fragile, easily bruised skin. 
which of these loss of function mutations is most likely to cause Ehlers-Danlos syndrome? We have A, a mutation in actin, B, a mutation in keratin, C, a mutation in elastin, or D, a mutation in collagen. And so again, straight up knowledge, I believe, I think it's funny, C's calling me, but I think it's D, a mutation in collagen. It is. Okay. Elastin was one of those, it, it's like, well, their skin is hypermobile, kind of like elastic. So maybe it's elastin, but I, <laughs> I remember C or D as being the correct one, a mutation in collagen. Totally. Yeah, C is actually the most picked wrong answer. And, for this and, and I'll tell you, it's, pr- it's probably exactly what, why it was calling me too. It's just one of those elastic, elastin must be. Totally. Uh, you know what actually can uh, save us from picking C is if we notice that it says which of these loss of function mutations. So if it's a loss of function mutation in elastin, that means elastin is no longer working. Mm. And yeah, yeah. Our, our joints wouldn't be hypermobile. They would be like not mobile at all. Um, essentially, we would be very stiff. And that doesn't sound like the question. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. So again, reading comprehension, <laughs> read the question, make sure you understand it. Loss of function. Okay. And actin is one of the proteins in muscle, actin and myosin, keratin in the skin. And uh, so those don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. A keratin is not in joints and actin yeah. wouldn't in any of these places, just in muscle. Yeah. Okay. Totally. All right. Question 58. In skeletal myocytes, calcium is normally released from the sarcoplasmic reticulum after blank. A, the muscle begins to relax. B, myosin releases actin. C, the membrane depolarizes. Or D, physical damage to the muscle occurs. Oh, Man, I I have to get this one right because I was an exercise physiology major and this is all we did was actin and myosin and calcium and and ATP and all this fun stuff. So uh, you have to remember, I believe, it's been so long since I've studied this, it's calcium that causes the release of myosin from actin, I think. And so B wouldn't be right. I wish I could see your facial expressions because then I would know if I'm on the right track or not. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it's just a little behind the scenes for you listening. I, I don't see Claire. We're just on Skype and I don't we don't turn the video on, so I can't see her. But anyway, A, the muscle begins to relax. Doesn't make sense uh, because, again, it's I think calcium is what's causing it to relax. And then C, the membrane depolarizes. Potentially, I think that's what causes the calcium to be released, which causes the relaxation. And then physical damage to the muscle occurs. Well, yeah, I guess calcium would come out, but um, I'm going to go with C. C is a good choice. Oh, man. I told you (laughs) I had to get that one right. So for me, I think even though this is what I studied in college, and I was a personal trainer forever and, and kind of stayed with this stuff. It was always confusing the ATP versus calcium. What's ATP doing? What's calcium doing? Yeah. And so just, <laughs> just always trying to remember that ATP is what causes the ratcheting of the muscle fibers, I think, if I remember that correctly. And then calcium is what 
causes the release. And so one of the ways that I always remembered was... You had it backwards. Do I have it backwards? I think you do, yeah. Because calcium, remember calcium, um, basically you have troponin and tropomyosin. Yeah. And they're blocking the binding site that you myosin would typically use to attach to actin. Okay. So we have this um, tropomyosin, troponin blocking the binding site on actin. And then when calcium comes out, it causes a shift that will expose that binding site. And that's what allows myosin to bind to actin. Oh. So ATP is actually what triggers the release because that's, you know, okay. people it's like rigor mortis. That's what, and that's where I was going with is, is rigor mortis. But it's okay. So that, and it's funny because I always mix those two up. And so I'm still mixing them up. Okay. Everyone mixes them up. But I, I always like try, I think I have like a mental image of like the troponin and the tropomyosin and then the calcium coming in. Uh, if you, if you even look up an image of muscle contraction, you'll see it. Uh, and that, that helped me just actually picture like, oh, calcium, like ATP binds to the myosin head. The calcium is what binds to get basically troponin, tropomyosin out of the way. Okay. So, so I have a, a mnemonic that just, or not, I don't know if it's a mnemonic or not, just jumped into my mind. Like calcium is, is can, like C-A-N, can, I can, I can be strong, like I can do it. So calcium like shows you how strong you are by causing that, that ratcheting. Totally. I don't know. Totally. Yeah. And so, and, and then because there's no more ATP, that's what causes the rigor mortis. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> See, even after all these years, I'm still getting it mixed up in my head. Oh, muscle contraction is one. I, I forget sometimes. I get them get them mixed up, but but yeah. Um, and you hear, I mean, it worked out anyway. You got got the right answer, and I think that's because we we really associate like, okay, membrane depolarizes. That's sort of the signal to start the muscle contraction, and that's what's going to cause calcium to flow out of the the sarcoplasmic reticulum. Yeah. So it worked, yeah. <laughs> but. All right. I, as long as I get the right answer, that's all that matters for the MCAT. True. <laughs> and that's, I, I think, is another good point and something I try to hit home all the time with students, and I'm sure you do too, is when you're reviewing your test, review not only what you got wrong, but also what you got right. So for me, I got this one right, but I had it wrong in my head. So if on the real MCAT, it asked me something slightly different. I would still have that wrong thought in my head and I would get the question wrong next time. Totally. Yeah, that's so, so important because sometimes you'll get the right answer, but you'll just have guessed or sometimes you'll get the right answer for the wrong reason. And then even sometimes you might get the right answer for the right reason, but maybe the explanation will have like an alternate way to do it or will have some sort of content fact you weren't thinking about. So mm -hmm. it's, it's very important to review everything. Yeah. See, so yeah, I got this one right for the wrong reason on purpose, so we can have a teaching moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Question 59. In aerobic organisms, glycolysis, never, we can never escape glycolysis. A, is upregulated when blood glucose levels fall. B, directly supplies the citric acid cycle with acetyl-CoA. C, requires oxygen as the final electron acceptor, or D, is inhibited by a high ratio of intracellular ATP to AMP. Ooh, so aerobic, so oxygen-using organisms. I don't remember glycolysis at all, so this is going to be a, um, <laughs> an exercise in futility here. Uh, <laughs> upregulated when blood glucose levels 
fall. Um, okay, I don't know about that one. B directly supplies the citric acid cycle with acetyl-CoA. I don't remember acetyl-CoA. That makes sense, maybe? Uh, C requires oxygen as the final electron acceptor. I mean, that's kind of, I think, too basic of a definition. It's like, that one's too easy. I don't know if that one's right. A D is inhibited by a high ratio of intracellular ATP to AMP. So I don't remember glycolysis at all and all those uh, transport chains and all that stuff. So I'm going to pick B because there's just something about that one that stood out to me. B is really close, but is wrong. Okay. Yeah. Um, Is it C? It's not C. Okay, good. I was like, that one's too easy. All right. (laughs) So that's why, why is B wrong? You said it's close, but wrong. Yes, it's close. I think it's tempting because it's talking about the citric acid cycle, and that's what we typically think of as coming next after glycolysis. Mm-hmm. But the wrong part is it says directly supplies the citric acid cycle with acetyl-CoA, and glycolysis actually doesn't produce acetyl-CoA directly. Uh, it produces pyruvate, mm. and then pyruvate is decarboxylated into acetyl-CoA in a later stage in pyruvate decarboxylation. So With biotin. Yeah. With biotin. Uh, that that was something I could never remember about pyruvate. I think, isn't it with biotin? That decarboxylation of that is, is used with biotin. And, and so Allison always drove that into my head. Yeah. Yeah. Pyruvate decarboxylation is really complicated. It has a ton of um, enzymes and in complexes, uh, cofactors involved. But yeah, but yeah the important part is... Um, that it's what actually makes acetyl-CoA glycolysis does not. Okay. And then C, C is funny because, you know, you thought C seemed too easy. And I think a lot of people still pick it because it does seem, you know, really nice and simple. But the problem with that is that glycolysis isn't what has a final electron acceptor. That's the electron transport chain. Yep. Yeah. So glycolysis actually doesn't involve oxygen at all. And then A was our other wrong answer where it says is upregulated when blood glucose levels fall. Because if blood glucose levels are falling, then we don't want to be using up the glucose we do have in glycolysis. Yeah. So, yeah, the right answer is D, um, is inhibited by a high ratio of intracellular ATP to AMP. Okay. And what what happens? Why does that happen? Yeah. So, basically, ATP and AMP are activators of uh, a lot of these metabolic processes because they're signals of how much energy the body has or the cell has. And so if we have a high ratio of ATP to AMP, that means we have a lot of ATP, we have a lot of energy already, and there's no need to run these processes just to make more energy if we already have plenty. So um, high ATP concentrations typically inhibit metabolic processes, and high AMP, AMP is a sign that we don't have a lot of ATP, it's all been dephosphorylated, so high AMP uh, will stimulate these processes. All right, so there you have it. Our last question for BioBioChem. Hopefully this section, hopefully this whole breakdown of Full Length 10 has been helpful for you. If you are in the market for Full Length exams, remember the gold standard, the AAMC exams, they only give you three scored exams. Next Step Test Prep has 10 scored exams. So if you are looking for more Full Length Prep, which is the best way to study, Use the promo code MCATPOD at nextsteptestprep.com to save 10% off of their full-length 
packages today. Again, that's MCATPOD, all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D, to save some money off of their full-length packages today. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here for some Psych Soch.